0: Alright, sermon time. So, my job, biblically, as a pastor, is to equip the saints to do works of ministry. My job is to teach the church so that we don't get blown by every wind of doctrine that's out there, every teaching out there. And sometimes, you know, when you do a topical series, you can kind of kind of fudge, not fudge, but you can kind of just pick the things of that, that deal with that topic. When you're preaching through a book of the Bible, you hit topics that sometimes normally you may not be too enthused about preaching, and this is one of those this morning. Uh, this is one of those difficult topics uh, this morning, but it's something you need to hear, I need to hear, and things like that. Because uh there are a lot of people out there today that wear the label Christian. They wear the label Christian. They'll tell you they're a Christian, but sometimes when you get down to it, they're really not. And I know that's, whoa, what do you mean? How dare you question that? But we're going to talk about that today uh, because we live in a culture today that's all about inclusiveness and everybody just get along. Let's all sing Kumbaya. The last couple of weeks, like I told you, I was at an interfaith wellness event. I was at one cop, one precinct. All that stuff was interfaith. And so we had, you know, imams there. We had uh, rabbis there. We had uh, Unitarians. We had all sorts of different... Things, all different sorts of groups of people represented at those things. And and so we're we're living in this culture today where it's like, let's just all get along. Look, I'm all for getting along, okay? I'm not for anybody fighting anybody. But many times what's behind that sentiment is get along at the expense of what you believe. What's really behind a lot of times those arguments is we need to get along at the expense of what you believe. Look, I don't have a problem getting along with somebody I disagree with. All right, I'm not going to punch out a, an imam, okay? They're clearly wrong. I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to punch them out, though. All right? I'm going to talk to them and share the gospel with them and, 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 and be a friend and help them. If, if that imam was in need, I would be there to help them. it doesn't mean I'm going to adopt what they believe. But again, in our culture, it's like, well, you've got, you got to adopt those things. And so I want to share with you what we believe. So I asked my wife, because I, I forgot about this, to hand these out. We have a bunch of these in the back. So we're going to hand these out to you this morning. As Southern, yeah, and I don't, uh, maybe somebody want to help her, I put her up to this at the last second. Uh, as Southern Baptists, in the year 2000, we've done multiple of these, 1925, 1963, 2000, um, we have codified what we believe as, um, and we are Southern Baptist Church, um, we, don't, we don't make that a big issue, but we are. And so, back in 2000, um, a lot of the leaders in the SBC got together, a lot of our theologians, and crafted what's called the Baptist Faith and Message. And, and I want to share this with you, and we're going to refer to this a few times here as we go through Uh, uh, about what we believe. If you go to page number seven, real quick, quickly, um, I just want to start off with what we believe about God. There is one and only one living and true God. He is an intelligent, spiritual, and personal being, the creator, redeemer, preserver, and ruler of the universe. All right, we'll just stop there. You can read the rest of it. But this is a statement about what we believe in God. Now, here's the deal. Most people in our culture today don't have a problem believing in God. According to a recent poll that just came out by the Pew Research Group, 80% of Americans believe there is a God. However, only 53% of the 80% believe in the God of the Bible, as described in the Bible. Okay, so just because a lot of people say they believe in God doesn't necessarily mean he's the God of the Bible. So a lot of religious people say, oh, I believe in God. But they don't believe Everything about God as revealed in Scripture. Let's keep reading on here real quick. God, go back to this. God is an infinite in holiness and other perfections. God is all-powerful and all-knowing. And His perfect knowledge extends to all things, past, present, and future, including the future decisions of His free creatures. To Him we owe the highest love, reverence, and obedience, the eternal triune God. And this is where a lot of religions take exception. They say, oh, we believe in God. But this is where they draw the line. The eternal God, triune God, reveals himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with distinct personal attributes but without division of nature, essence, or being. So a lot of religions would say, well, I, I don't know about that. but I believe in God. Now, what do people believe about Jesus? Well, based on research by the Barna Research Group, the vast majority of Americans today still believe that Jesus was a real person. The vast majority of Americans believe that he was a historical figure. In fact, 9 out of 10 adults, 92%, according to research, said, yes, we believe that Jesus is a real person. However, what you may want to be interested to know is that the younger generation, the millennials, which is the largest generation now and coming up, fewer of them actually believe that Jesus was a real person. It's not a huge decline, but it's 87% of millennials believe that. But Americans, by and large, believe Jesus existed as a person. But what do a lot of Americans believe about who Jesus was? Well, again, according to the poll, Americans are less likely to believe that Jesus was God. Most adults... Not quite 6 in 10 believe that Jesus was God. So 56% of adults say, yes, he's God. Now Again, most adults, according to the research poll, believe that Jesus existed, but only 56% say, yes, he was God. 26% say he was just a religious leader like Muhammad or Buddha, and 18% say they're not sure if Jesus was divine or not. Millennials, again, the youngest generation, the one coming up, the largest generation, actually that number slips. Only 46% of them actually believe that Jesus was God. About a third of them, 35%, say he was just like Muhammad or or Buddha, and 17% aren't sure who he was. So, younger generations are less likely to believe that Jesus is God. Now, is that a big deal? Can we simply believe that Jesus was a good man who walked on the earth who taught nice sermons, and, and that he's an example we should emulate. Now, if you think, well, that's not a big deal. I mean, if people don't believe he's God, you know, that's not a big deal. If that's how you feel, you've got a big problem with the Apostle John. You've got a big problem with John, what John writes in Scripture. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 2 for a second, because we're going to talk about this, and I've changed the title since what's on the screen, on how to spot antichrists. Now, I, say, I know that's a real charged term, but I'll define that in just a second. But what we're dealing with in our culture, where fewer and fewer people are believing that, that Jesus is God, is what John was believing, except his culture was in reverse. We're coming into a culture that is what you might call post-Christian in a lot of ways. John's culture was pre-Christian. And a lot of the people that John was writing to had come out of pagan religions, pretty much all of them. Uh, Their culture was a polytheistic. In other words, they believed in, in many gods. And basically the philosophy of the day was choose the god that you want to pick and things like that. Hedonism ruled in their culture, do what you want to do. If it feels good, do it. And so that was the culture John's writing to. And so the infant church, the church is very young at this point when he writes this letter. They're being attacked about who they believe Jesus is. And a lot of the members of the church were falling prey to these attacks. And a lot of them were starting to think, well maybe, maybe, maybe Jesus isn't exactly who he is. And so let's just let's just look at what John says. Look at first John chapter two, verse eighteen. He says, children. And again, it's John's affectionate term. He saw himself as a father. He saw believers, this young church as his children. He loved them. He said, Children it's the last hour. Now you say, well, wait a minute, Jim, that was written 2,000 years ago. I'm sure the hour's up. No, it's not up. Uh, the last hour began when Jesus ascended to heaven, and it doesn't end until he returns back. So when Jesus ascended, that began the clock. It's been a long hour, 2,000-year hour. But again, remember with God, a day's like thousand years, all right? So it's just like the, the kid that asked God for something. He said, just give me a, a day. And um, anyway, so, I mean, with God, a day is a thousand years. So 2,000 years is not a big deal, okay, in God's timeline. But we're in the last hour. That's where we live. And, 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 and what can we expect in this last hour? Look at what he says. He says, and as you have heard, Antichrist is coming. Now, I'll just stop right there. The, the scriptures in the Old and the New Testament refer to a figure who is going to come and is going to be the global leader. Now, quite frankly, until the last 50 years or even the last 100 years, the whole concept of a global world government would have been thought impossible. It's not anymore. Not anymore. All those prophecies, people going to and fro like Daniel prophesied, happening today. Jets and everything else we can go to and fro. All those prophecies Daniel talked about, knowledge will increase greatly on the earth, we're seeing. Knowledge is doubling so fast at a tremendous rate. Today, uh, let's just be honest. Our leaders, a lot of the leaders in our government and governments around the world, they want a global world. That's what they're pushing for. A lot of the uh, people uh, you might call the elites, that's really what they want. They want a global world government. That's what we're seeing. And, And with the technology, we have the ability, honestly, we have the ability to have a global culture and we see currencies now that are coming on like bitcoins and things like that. I'm not saying those are gonna be it, but we have currencies coming on that are global and we it's setting up for this person ultimately that the Bible refers to as the man of lawlessness. John is the only one that uses the term antichrist. What does that mean? It simply means against Christ. So ultimately there is gonna be an individual who's gonna rise on the scene. That's a whole different topic who is going to be the leader of a world government, and he will definitely be against Christ. He will be anti-Christ. He will see himself as God. He will want to be worshipped as God. Many people will worship him as God. They will get his mark stamped on their forehead or on their hand. And again, we're seeing all these things happen today. And John tells us he is coming. He is coming. But even now, John says, look at the text, even now... And this is 2,000 years ago, John writes, many antichrists, plural, have come. And we know from this that this is the last hour. Now, again, what is antichrist? So let me just put it up here. Antichrists deny Jesus. All right. So if you want to know an antichrist, what an antichrist type of person will do is that person denies Jesus. I ran across a Women's Day article of 2015, and here's the name of the the article, Why I Leave Christ Out of Christmas. It's a celebration of love, not Jesus, and that's exactly how we like it. Uh, We're seeing this more and more. Again, I I don't necessarily like doing this, but I want to show you that this is alive and well today in America. On Twitter about a month ago, I saw the statement of faith coming on Twitter as being tweeted out from Union Seminary. Union Seminary is in New York City. It is the oldest independent seminary. It was founded in 1836. Here is the statement of faith from Union Seminary, which is training ministers today. Article number 7 of their statement of faith. We deny that salvation is found through Christianity. That God's salvific grace is exclusive to any single faith or religion... Moreover, in God's eyes, there is no difference in spiritual value or worth between those who are in Christ and those who aren't. Wow. This is a seminary. In New York City. They are. We deny that salvation is in Christ. And, and here was the explanation. They said, "For too long, Christians have misread verses like John 14:6, John 14:6. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth and the life." For too long, Christians have misread John 14, 6 as implying that God is found exclusively through the Christian faith, many going as far to say that people of other faiths face eternal damnation. That is an incredible, narrow reading of the text. Well, I don't know how you read it any other way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know how you read it any other way. But again, they're saying, we deny that salvation is through Christ. And again, pastors... Theologians are being trained in this seminary, and it's not the only one. Being trained in the seminary, going out into churches and leading churches. Why and again you say, whoa man, that's tough. But look at what John writes. He says, Who is the liar? Verse 22. if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Messiah. People who deny that Jesus, he says, why, why would he call them a liar? Because they're saying they're Christians. And yet they deny that Jesus is Christ. They went on in this statement. They said, union is by no means disavowing Christianity. We're Christians. Only admitting it's not the sole way to God. According to John, they're a bunch of liars. They're not Christians. You can't deny that Jesus is the Messiah. And say you're a Christian. Let let, let me just remind you all something, okay? And and this is one of those, this is not one of those feel good, you know, go out and be happy, skippy, but it's real, and you got to know it. Satan is a liar. And Satan is a blatant liar. Satan's also a subtle liar. What I'm seeing today and happening a lot of times is people will mention God, we believe in God, but they'll leave out Jesus. They'll pray a prayer to God, which is pretty innocuous, because most people, like I said, okay, God, we're cool with that. But they're not going to mention Jesus. Look at verse 23. No one who denies the Son can have the Father. Here's the deal. You can't know God if you don't know the Son. Bottom line. You can say God, you can pray God, you can say I know God, but if you deny Jesus, you don't know Him. And that's not me, that's Scripture. That's the Apostle John. He who confesses the Son has the Father. But if you don't confess the Son, you don't have the Father. Again, a lot of people pray, oh God, and, and, and again, but you know, they're like, well, you know, Allah is God and, and, and karma, or the great spirit, and oh God, God, but they won't, but look, you're denying Jesus. And you don't know God if you don't know Jesus. That's what the scriptures say. And that word deny, you'll notice this verse 22 and 23. Again, it's a present middle participle. It's basically saying the person who is denying right now Christ, they're against him. John is saying that person is against him. Now again, we all know people who at one time denied Jesus and then repented of their sin and received Jesus. They're not antichrists anymore. They're they're not against Christ. They're believers. But we're talking about people who right now are denying that Jesus is. In fact, antichrists against Christ deny that Jesus is the Christ. Now, the Holman Christian Standard Version, which we use, often takes the word Christ and and, uh, translates it as Messiah. Basically, the anointed one. And they deny that Jesus is the anointed one, the Messiah, the deliverer. Not a deliverer, the deliverer. Again, look at what John says in verse 22a. Who is a liar? The one who denies that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Not a Messiah, not one of the Messiahs, the Messiah. The person that says, I don't believe he is the anointed one. I don't believe that he's the fulfillment of prophecy. I don't believe that he's the savior of the world, the way to heaven. John says, You are against him. You are against Christ. You have the spirit of Antichrist. Again, Islam, very popular now. We're hearing about it, and it's come to our shores. I don't hate Muslims, they need Jesus. They are made in the image of God. If you see a Muslim who needs help, you help them. Alright? If they're struggling, you help them. You put your arm around them. You love them. They are people made in God's image. So I'm not saying anything against them as an individual. They need Jesus. But Islam, as a teaching, it acknowledges Jesus, but only as a prophet. Not as the Son of God. Islam rejects the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. According to Islamic teaching, it wasn't Jesus that died on the cross, it was somebody who looked like him. Must have been a really good body devil because it fooled his mother. Mary was at the foot of the cross. I don't think you can fool mama. But again, Islam teaches that. And we're told, oh, it's just as valid as Christianity. Well, look, Muslims are people who need Jesus, but it's not as valid as Christianity. I'm sorry. Muhammad is not the way. He is not the truth in his life. He's a man who is dead. But Islam denies that. In his second letter, I'll just throw it up here. John talks more about Antichrist. Here's what he said. Many deceivers have gone out into the world. They do not confess the coming of Jesus in the flesh. This is a deceiver and the Antichrist. John says, a lot of people have gone out. They may say, oh, I, I, oh yeah, I, I, yeah, maybe there is Jesus. But they deny that he came in the flesh, that he walked among us, and that he is the Messiah. This is basically, Jehovah's Witnesses deny that Jesus is the Son of God. They say he is a created being. And basically they go on to say he was basically Michael the archangel. No. John says he is the Messiah. He has come in the flesh, took on flesh, and walked among us. They don't, Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe in the Jesus of the Word of God. Now again, not that I hate Jehovah's Witnesses. They come to your door, give them a cookie, give them something to drink, sit down and talk to them, love them. They're created in God's image. They need Jesus. But their theology is wrong. It's against Christ. It's against Christ, and they need to be saved. Bottom line. So please, when I I use these examples, don't look at people as the enemy. They're not the enemy. It's the belief that's wrong. And again, we need to speak the truth, but speak it in love. To believe that Jesus is the Messiah is to believe that he is the anointed Messiah, who is the fulfillment of prophecy. He was sent from God, and he was God in love the flesh that's who he is but again ran across an article newsweek magazine a mega church pastor named michael walrand again i'm not against mega churches church of 10,000 people in harlem first corinthian baptist church interesting name for a church here's what he said from the pulpit quote this was in newsweek there was a time when you would see people in the pulpit say well if you don't believe in jesus you're going to hell that's insanity in many ways because it's not what Jesus believed. People take many paths to God, and the key is that you believe in God. See, there's that thing. Just believe in God. Well, wait, John says if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father. He's in direct conflict with what Jesus what John says here. And he goes on this pastor, and whatever your path is to God, I celebrate that. Personally, I celebrate that. Well, I'm sorry, he's wrong. He's against Christ. I don't care that he's a pastor. I don't care that he's got to make a church; He's against Christ. I, and the reason I use these examples is to let you know it's a real. It's real. What else do antichrists do? They deny the truth. They deny the truth. Look at verse 21. Here's what John wrote. He says, I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you know it you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth John is telling his followers you guys know the truth he's telling the early church you know the truth he says because you've encountered the truth where is the truth found? it's found in Christ when you guys responded to the conviction of God and repented of your sin and, and Christ came into your heart you now have experienced truth you know the truth Jesus said I am the way, the truth And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I don't think you can misread that text. It is what it is. It is what he said. Again, a lot of people against Christ. You 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 can call him liar or lunatic or things like that, but I'm telling you, when you look at who he was and what he did and his prophecies are fulfilled in death on the cross and at the end the resurrection, to me, there's only one thing you can call him Lord. Union Seminary. Again, for far too long, Christians have misread John fourteen six. I don't think so. We've just read it for what it is. But again, those who are against Christ will deny his virgin birth. Because they deny his sinless perfection. They'll deny his sacrifice on the cross. They'll believe he really didn't die. They'll deny that he satisfied God's holiness and nothing more needs to be done. They'll sometimes say you got to do more and more and more. They'll deny that he physically rose from the dead. Some people say, well, he just spiritually arose." They'll deny that thing. They'll deny that he's the only way to God. They'll deny that he is the Son of God. I want you to look here again, and this is for you to take home. But if you'll look in the Baptist Faith and Message, look on page 8. I I just want to read this to you. Here's what we believe regarding the Son of God. Page 8, article B. Christ is the eternal Son of God. He was not created. In His incarnation as Jesus Christ, He was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus perfectly revealed and did the will of God, taking upon Himself human nature with its demands and necessities and identifying himself completely with mankind yet without sin he was sinless he honored the divine law by his personal obedience and by his substitutionary death on the cross in other words he died for us he made provision for the redemption of men from sin he raised from the dead he was raised from the dead with a glorified body physically arose and appeared to his disciples as the person who was with them before his crucifixion <coughs> He ascended into heaven and is now exalted at the right hand of God, where he is the one mediator, fully God, fully man, in whose person is effected the reconciliation between God and man. He will return in power and glory to judge the world and to consummate his redemptive mission. He now dwells in all believers as the living and ever-present Lord. That's what we believe. That's what we believe. Again, one last thing to share with you. Antichrists may claim to be Christians. And again, a lot of them think they are. They think they are. But here's what John says in verse 19 They went out from us. In other words, they were in here. They they, they worshiped, but they didn't belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, they would have stayed. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belongs to us. I'll give you one final example. If you watch the History Channel, you'll see this guy on a lot, uh, especially religious shows. He's got a real short, cropped haircut. His name's John Dominic Croson. He was a professor of religious studies at DePaul University in Chicago. He is known a, he was a Catholic priest. And there was a CNN report on him, and here's what it said, Croson says Jesus was, explo- was an exploited peasant with an attitude. Again, this is a religious studies, former Catholic priest. He's written several best selling books. He says Jesus was an exploited peasant with an attitude who didn't perform many miracles, he didn't physically raise the dead, and he didn't die as punishment for humanity's sin. He was extraordinary because how he lived, not how he died. And it says in a CNN article, In another time, Croson's views would have been confined to scholarly journals, but he and his best-selling books, including the recent one, quote, Jesus, a Revolutionary Biography, that's one of his recent books, have now changed how biblical scholars operate. He's also appeared on documentaries such as PBS's From Jesus to Christ, The First Christian, and A&E's Mysteries of the Bible. His overarching message is that you don't have to accept the Jesus of dogma. When asked if he was a Christian, Croson doesn't hesitate. Absolutely. Well, wait a minute. How can you be a Christian and deny that Jesus is the Messiah? But again, if you watch those channels, and I watch those shows too, you've got to know that a lot of those people, not all of them, I'm not saying everybody, but there are several of them that do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Just a good guy that got exploited. Again, John says, they went out from us, but they didn't belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belonged to us. So again, where are these people? Well, unfortunately, they're in our seminaries, our pulpits, our religious TV programs, and our religion departments at colleges. Again, I'm not saying that every TV preacher, every seminarian, every pulpiteer, every professor is against Christ. But there's a lot that unfortunately are. They'll say, oh, we're Christians. But when you listen to what they say, you realize they're against Christ. So you say, what are we to do, Jim? We're going to get into that more next week. But here's what we'll do. I'll just let you know. First of all, I want to challenge you as followers of Christ. Know what you believe and why you believe it. Know what you believe and why you believe it. Know what you believe and why you believe. Why do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Why do you believe it? Because my grandpappy told me. Who cares? Why do you believe it? Why do you believe it? It's not a good reason to say, I just grew up in church. doesn't cut it. Why do you believe it? Why do you believe? Have you had a personal encounter with him? Have you responded to his conviction and asked him to be your Lord and Savior? Have you had that moment? Has that happened for you? Have you responded to him? Are you convinced that he is the son of God, the only way to God? Know what you believe and why you believe it. If you don't know what you believe and why you believe it, let's get it settled. And I know we got people on Facebook live maybe watch this. Look, if you're struggling with this, fine. Send us questions. Let's talk. Let's talk. Don't be fooled. I just want to share with you what Jesus said. Beware of false prophets. again, yeah, prophets. Who come to you in sheep's clothing but are inwardly raging wolves. He says you'll recognize them by their fruit. And then he goes on in, in that passage. He says this. And this, is the, this passage scares the bejeeves out of me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. You get it? If you're not a Christ follower, this is to scare you to death. Just because you say, Lord, doesn't mean you're going there. But the one who does the will of my Father, what is that? Repent. Turn to Christ. On that day, on Judgment Day... Many will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we preach? Didn't we cast out demons? You know, didn't we do these great healing crusades and do miracles in your name? Lord, didn't we do all these things? And he'll say, then I will announce to him, I never knew you. Depart from me. So I don't care how religious you are or what you do. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. My challenge to you is first of all, keep your eyes open. Pray for those who deny Christ, even though they may say they're Christians and be religious, they're blind. And Jesus calls them blind guides. Because they've rejected Christ, I don't care how many PhDs they have or how many degrees in theology, they're blind. When you encounter a person who's struggling, speak the truth in love and humility. Remember, you were blind once too. Share the gospel. Share what Christ has done in your life. Be patient. Be persistent in your witness. And you and I strengthen your faith. Stay in the Word. Learn the Word. Examine the Scriptures. Again, the Baptist Faith and Message is not an infallible document by any means, but I think it's a good document. And if you're curious, what do we believe? This is a good, this is a good one right here. Good place for you to start as what we believe at Warren Baptist Church. And I want you to know what you believe and why you believe it, and then. When you see people who are saying things, but they don't match up with what we believe, you need to pray for them. If you know them, share the gospel with them, minister to them, and pray that they come to know the one true Savior. Can you spot antichrists? Jesus says we're supposed to be wise. Let's pray. Father, this is uh, not a very uplifting sermon. But it's a real one. Unfortunately, as in John's day, but in today, with social media and TV and radio and all these stuff, we are constantly bombarded. And Father, it's sad, but true that there are many people who claim to be Christians who deny the Savior. Father, help us to be wise, to be like the Bereans and to search the scriptures. And Father, for those, we know there's so many people in other religions. And Father, without Christ, they don't know you. Help us not to see them as the enemy or to be hateful, because they are created in your image. They're just blind. May our hearts break for them. May we show compassion as we share the gospel with them. May we speak the truth, but speak it in love. And, Father, for those who know better, may we be bold. Be like John the Baptist. Lord, just give us the wisdom to know how to deal with the situation. But I pray in this room that we will be wise as we go into this world. We know Satan's a liar, a counterfeiter. And, Father, I pray that we will walk in the truth. Be students of the truth. Live out the truth. Because, Father, as Christ followers, we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to heaven without him. And may we stand with our feet firmly planted in that conviction. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, keep your eyes open.